Hello and welcome to Understanding Science Communication Podcast, episode number 18. I am Ratan. This is the fourth time I have recorded this intro. And uh, exam assessment is coming soon. One uh, essay, writing, timed essay coming soon in one week. Revision is on. I have just read an interesting paper by Nisbet uh, published in 2009 uh, named the named what's next for science communication promising directions and lingering distractions which has taught me a lot of uh, some interesting things. Let me start now. So the first thing that we have understood, <clears throat> this also reminds me of the uh, chapter number three in Oxford Handbook of Science of Science Communication, where um, I came across a fact that science literacy is not necessarily the main culprit in a uh, polluted science communication environment. Science literacy has only a limited role in shaping public perceptions and decisions. Well, first of all, um, there was an assumption in um, um, olden times, about a f uh, the last century, end of the last century, that science literacy if we work towards that, if we make people more literate towards science, they'll naturally make better decisions and make things more, um, and politically it will be better. There'll be less, uh, there'll be fewer instances of people um, not understanding or, um, or, or believing in things that are not true. Um, not caring about uh, caring about things that are required to be cared about, like climate change, believing in climate change, things like that. That is not true. First of all, if you can, this is not true. This is simply not true. Scientific literacy. If you increase the scientific literacy, it does not necessarily make people believe in. Uh, uh, better ways. We've already gone through that in the um, Oxford Handbook of Science of Science Communication. Why is that? Because of the way in which people take in information. Um, we take in science, we understand science, not through comprehension, but through recognition. 
we don't comprehend each and everything we understand we read in science we take in and we believe in things which we recognize as good science even though we might not understand or comprehend them completely that's the heuristics way of doing it we are all working on heuristics sorry sorry for the disturbance i'm setting up my pop filters because of these uh, plosives that you might be hearing now it's much better i can move closer to the mic and not make you f- hear purrs and burrs quite as strongly as you were so we don't believe in things simply because we comprehend them we believe in things because we recognize them as true through our own heuristic process maybe we believe in the authority of the person who's teaching us that thing maybe we believe in the authority of the 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 medium in which we read that thing maybe we trust the the friend or foe foe maybe we trust trust a friend or a family member who who also believes in that thing maybe it's related to our other beliefs about the deeper beliefs about the universe maybe we have a hunch about how the universe how the world works the intuitive nature of reality maybe you we think everything happens for a reason and all the all that thing all that philosophical ideas that can paint that can color our uh, beliefs and make them make us uh, choose one or the other based on our other beliefs right so scientific literacy only can can actually hamper as well scientific literacy is like a lateral um it's like another dimension you can be um you can be less scientific literate and still believe in the right things you can be really scientifically literate you can be really literate in the ways of science you might be very fluent in um understanding research and collecting data and not collecting data but just understanding data and understanding arguments and hypothesizing and um, analysis and you're you might be really high functioning but all that can just as well serve to strengthen uh, doubt and mistrust in the institutions of science because uh, all those um insights that you can gain through selectively looking at data can make you believe that you are, you know how you have you have hidden information so scientific literacy is not directly related to the the problem of science communication second myth was that sci- scientific literacy will increase interest in science and appreciation towards science not true as well we've come to realize that that is not true um but the good news is that scientists are looked up as uh, very highly in the public people trust scientists uh, much more than uh, most of the other uh, um professions maybe not nurses uh, nurses uh, trump uh, scientists uh, 
rightfully so i guess that's a more care driven um field uh, which uh, uh, lends itself to a, a, a stronger connection and a more trust building you know and so these are the assumption assumption the old assumption historical assumption that ignorance is the root of social conflict over science that's not true not true at all so that's the old paradigm um the deficit model that we need to overthrow and get away from um the the um th- there has been a myth another myth that uh, there was this period in uh, history the, where people really loved and appreciated science which was in about like 1950s and 60s the sputnik and the moon landing the golden age of scientific literacy uh where the pe- informed public was pushing for large scale government investment in science which is not true because uh, only about 12% of the public understood the scientific method uh, at that time only 38% knew that the moon was smaller than the earth and only 4% could correctly indicate the distance in miles between the moon and the earth so scientific literacy was at not a very high place um and it's more or less a myth it's not none of the pe- people didn't really think of uh, space race in that regard except for the select few elites scientific literacy ultimately has very little to do with public perceptions of science and the scientific uh, social socio economic issues and uh, a lot of data support this scientific literacy is this uh, the, the the name is given to this older paradigm the new paradigm is public understanding of science which um, bodmer report is going to be the main um understanding point for that i'll read that next um well so why so th- that's only half of the paper what is next what what, what do you want then how do you proceed what's next for science communication well uh let me just read a few um notes the commission survey findings gathered in 2006 argue against the claims of the deficit model that scientific illiteracy threatens the cultural status of science again the same thing we have discussed already the nsf findings that show an almost unrivaled level of public trust and respect admiration of science and scientists are also reflected in a 2009 survey by pew research center for people and the press again we already discussed this Uh, appreciation for towards science and scientists has been an, at an all time high and it still is so that's not also something that is affecting it based on research on his research wine proposed win wine i don't know what the name is proposed a set of common mental rules that lay publics are likely to use in evaluating scientific advice and expertise specifically lay publics are likely to apply the following criteria in reaching judgment okay let's go through this does science scientific knowledge work do public predictions by scientists fail or prove to be true 
well so again these are all heuristical ways in which we make sense of the world this is we we've already discussed this in that so if you really want in depth understanding of that search for uh, an episode uh, titled uh, um what is that episode let me just search for it and let you know if you're listening i think it's episode number 9 um might be mistaken episode number 9 no episode number 8 episode number 9 is on aids treatment activism that is also very interesting actually but ignoring the denominator is the uh, episode number 8 i think is one of the most fascinating uh, episodes uh, not ep- fascinating episodes but fascinating things i've learned um, what we discuss in that chapter and uh, it's all about how we gather information and how we understand the world we all make sense of the world by ourselves for ourselves and within our minds um we um naturally intuitively believe in people with who we trust and, um for example i trust anything said by sam harris um maybe a little too uh, fervently um um with good reason he's made my, um, he's changed my mind in a lot of different ways and a lot of different topics um and made me resilient and made me th- uh, think of things in a different way but i can understand if easily how i it can be misused um by someone this tendency to trust people too much you know or believe in a source of information uh, whatever you read on reddit uh, comment section you might tend to believe it more because you think reddit is not facebook and facebook is full of um, fake things but reddit is cool so it's it's not again anyone can make an account on reddit and write anything there is no so there are these um the ways in which we make sense of the world the ways in which we take in information some people believe in whatsapp forwards much more than others i don't believe in any of them try to fight them try to make sense of them but it's not um um it's not something everyone does and uh, everyone has their own way of making sense of the world and this is uh and this is i think um, uh, all these list of things that um, um kind of get into that decision making of uh, what is true and what isn't in the world so do uh, the first one was does scientific knowledge actually work so scientific knowledge work do public predictions by scientists fail to prove fail or prove to be true second one is do scientists pay attention to other available knowledge when making claim making claims for example in the chernobyl incidents this is also related to the aids activism scientists did not consult with farmers on how to best monitor grazing habits and take samples from the sheep leading farmers to directly witness the messiness of scientists sampling methods again do, do they see look at the scientists that are involved in making these claims and think that uh, did uh, and see through the holes see through their uh, plot holes see through that scientists actually did not consult the farmers and should we really trust these guys number 3 are scientists open to criticism are they willing to admit errors and oversights all these things really come into play what are the social and institutional affiliations of scientists 
what other issues overlap or connect to a public's immediate perception of the scientific issue. Again, this is something quite interesting. Everyone has things going on in their life and things uh, that they have experienced beforehand which really colored whatever they'll think of uh, when what it happens next. So these are something that we have to understand. How are the public framing? And that is the next point, framing. How, how are these science communication activities or science communication, um, science information, how are these new dialogues and uh, information gathering and sharing, how are they actively or passively framed is really important. Uh, the, the framing, let me read some more uh, uh, from the paper here. In 2000, drawing upon the emerging body of work, a UK House of Lords report urged scientists and science institutions to move beyond just a one-way transmission model of science communication towards a new focus on deliberative con context where a variety of stakeholders could participate in dialogue and exchange of views about science policy right it can be more inclusive things going are going towards more inclusive what are these things what are what are the ways in which people new forums new ways of uh, engaging the public importantly wayne and others argue that public consultation should not occur occur only at the late stage when a product such as genetically modified food or nanotechnology has been introduced into the market so once the product has been done and introduced into the market, people see through that. You've already created the product. Now you're coming to the market and telling us about it. Um, something tells us that you're just doing it for your own sake, for the, your public perception. You're not doing it to understand anything from us because you d did not wait to build the product before, uh, after consulting us. You've just gone ahead and done it. So it's more important to, it's more interesting if um, public consultation happened um, while the new technology is being created and developed. For instance, right now people are working on artificial intelligence and a lot of uh, people are actually concerned about that and they have in fact opened uh, uh, done made some steps or put forth some steps non specialists non scientists to make to ask these questions philosophers like Nick Bostrom have asked this question to scientists uh, guys what are you doing um rampantly creating these machines that think for us that make decisions for us that uh, understand and um um really um, do amazing interesting things create fake deep data or whatever or all the all the tech, new technology fascinating fascinating new technology where are they heading um, a philosopher is required to tell them guys please um, and a philosopher is not a part of uh, experts in this case 
uh, anyone can be a philosopher and anyone should be a philosopher um so framing coming back to framing framing and public engagement uh frames are interpretative storylines that communicate what is at stake in a societal debate and why the issue matters why the issue matters is something interesting at a psychological level a message frame is only effective if it's relevant or applicable to a specific existing interpretive schema acquired through socialization processes or other types of social social learning again the same thing in different ways and deeper meaning behind all these things are being explored here e o wilson and other scientists have convinced many religious leaders that environmental sustainability is directly applicable to questions of faith look at this a great example of framing um e o wilson and other scientists have convinced many religious leaders that environmental sustainability is directly applicable to questions of faith right as wayne 1992 has argued many members of the public hold their own applicable lay knowledge about a science related debate that is based on personal experience culture or conventional wisdom this wayne guy is really into um uh, public uh, perception and the public uh, what do you call it well, that is an interesting word that we understood um which probably is not the best suited here but umwelt everyone has their own umwelt uh, perceptional sphere that uh, that makes up their understanding or model of the world inside them some examples consensus conferences deliberative forums and town meetings are a formal mechanism for cultivating this bottom up framing process this bottom up process bottom up is the key here um motivated citizens like aids treatment activism was a bottom up um uh, effort um i think that's uh, episode number 9 uh you should check it out if you're interested very interesting ethics outcomes and generalizable meanings this is another um uh area of discussions uh, framing is an unavoidable reality of science communication process if you don't create a frame it will be made for you uh there cannot be an unframed information inform framing happens if you be- if whether you do it or not if scientists do not adapt to the rules of an increasingly fragmented media system shifting from frames that traditionally work at uh, at the science beat to new frames that fit at other media outlets and with wider audiences then they risk ceding their important role as communicators this is also a very interesting point raised by the paper um we are always we are shifting the last 10 years we've shifted from the way um information is framed uh, scientific information is framed in our media systems usually it was supposed it was it came from curated channels and newspapers and magazines that were highly curated um pro- possibly had some uh, quality assurance or uh, some truth uh, seeking and some um, checks and balances um that has shifted to a new traditional uh, social media that uh, has a, has a different frame um 
it has um well the point i said about all the checks and balances actually does not apply to this because it's a framing question not uh, not about the veracity of the information question but the frame has changed so you have to kind of ch- you, people are getting more and more information from science from youtube and um, twitter and uh, um facebook and uh, whatsapp and uh, those are really important Th- those are uh, frames um if someone you trust sends you something that's a frame you have to understand that to and to have to be a communicator of uh, research um <clears throat> there are other uh, i think we've discussed most of the so that's that's one framing and i'll just read some notes framing should be used to design communication contexts that promote dialogue learning and social connections and that allow citizens to recognize points of agreement while also understanding the roots of dissent recognize points of agreement while also understanding the roots of dissent again the same thing um, said in a different different ways which make it more uh, interesting and Uh, more uh, palatable the strategy also led to further distortion in news con- what is the strategy i'm reading all of a sudden uh what explains then the re- difference between the objective reality of climate change and the policy gridlocks created by this perceived subjective condition i'm just randomly reading now i should uh, not do this on a podcast actually um yeah this is the main thing i got from it um new ways of thinking new um framing is very really important um framing is the main important thing but um other things that are um while uh, directions forward they have um mentioned first of all graduate training and new interdisciplinary degree programs the the very thing that i'm doing right now interdisciplinary all of the people in my fee are all in my class are from different fields it's kind of an interdisciplinary disciplinary program and uh, uh although i'm not a scientist a lot of those people are scientists and they are um, that is the point of this uh, this section now that scientists should be taught how to be good uh, communicators and this uh, they should be taught about this uh, old uh, way of thinking about um, the deficit model and the new way of thinking public dialogue that matters that's number 2 a recent study found out that a public consultation exercise on nanotechnology generated discussions that were framed mostly in social progress terms accepting the benefits to society so framing again public dialogue framing through the public dialogue and so a social progress frame frame of social progress was used to facilitate the 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 perception of nanotechnology a recent public consultation exercise on nanotechnology through the recommendations were not binding as pol- though the recommendations were not binding as policy one of the outcomes was that several recruited participants decided to subsequently form their own local advocacy group to monitor the development of nanotechnology in the area um that is uh, these examples of public dialogue that matter again aids activism comes to mind um data should trump intuition 
we should we have to change our practices in science communication because through data data has shown us um, inform data about science communication and scientific literacy has shown us that some approaches don't work and some approaches do work interest in Effective public communication is not a guessing game. It is a science. That's one of the quotes. Um, and one point is connecting to public values. Values. Again, values are those deep things that that modify and move our behavior much more than anything else. They are the values that we live by. A number of recent studies examined how values shape the interpretation of scientific information. Of course, finding on religi religiosity, for instance, shows that the exact same information can translate into very different in attitudinal conclusions for highly religious respondents than for non-religious ones. Makes a lot of sense. Another topic is going beyond elite audience, going broad going broad not just talk up to the elite elites but going broad take over other people um uh, reach people who are not interested in science somehow and then going deep participatory localized media for those who really want to go deep allow them let them give them resources to go deep localize information about science and the, give them some way to um gather information and the last point is hope that the there are these intermediaries these opinion leaders are formed because a lot of thing you think about it a lot of uh, us think of and uh, take our values from our peers and our uh, family members and people who we interact with in day-to-day -day lives and for instance my mother believes in things that i tell her so i'm kind of an opinion leader for her i look at things she if she's confused about something she sends me it and i read about it and i research and i tell her what's true and what isn't so she, and she trusts me so i am kind of a opinion leader for her i um uh, we i don't hold a formal position of power or prestige but i serve as a connection a communicated tissue that alerts her to what matters um in or what is true and what isn't right so these uh, communication itself the network to communication is a is a hierarchical process it's not a simple sender to receiver process it's a it's a process which spreads uh, much like um um much like a um um any virus right it's viral we have the same term actually viral things go viral and it's not just we use that term for things that just blow up but um think about all the scenarios think of all the information all the information just goes through that same procedure of uh, minds to minds minds to minds through interactions so that's it that's i guess uh, most of the understanding from this paper 
um there's some conclusion which we should not go through a lot of very interesting paper again um tomorrow i'm going to do another podcast uh, which is going to be about the um the the reading relay that we are supposed to do on thursday um so stay stay tuned for that episode number 19 will be tomorrow this was episode number 18 i hope you learned something new i definitely did thanks for listening say hi if you do and just send me a message on whatever i guess you know who i am thanks for listening bye